highest is Keith with Paranormal Things. Without further ado, we're going to do reacting to UFOs caught on camera. It's about 10 minutes and 37 seconds long. We'll do the a second part. Oh, by the way, we did catch something on um, Halloween special. It was breathing separate from my from my breathing. I was talking when breathing occurred. And I'm going to try to get a local uh, paranormal group to help me solve the, you know, the riddle. So, we caught something there. And now, again, we got um, the reactions to UFOs caught on tape. Here we All go. All right. Boys and girls, it is time. At the moment, it is just blowing up like mental. Everything to do with aliens. UFOs, UFOs Area 51, is it actually true? And I just feel like the world, you know, they need, they need us. So I've gone around the internet, right, and found the top UFO How are they so skinny? alien sort of sightings that I can find. Let's do this. It's fucking branched off into two, isn't it? And branched off oh into two. This God. is in London. This is in England. Two. Splits off into two, two parts. Oh, one. Now it's two. How can it be? It's a light. These are like dancing in the air. That's being controlled. Nice fireworks. I mean, like, surely they've just got to be pyrotechnics or just fireworks. However, right, nah, those well-known flying fireworks, right? That's Impossible, what they're fucked. saying. This Even is not real. You could say, oh, that's what oh, they're saying. Aeroplanes, but what fucking aeroplanes glow and stop firing balls of lava, right? Now, what even is that? Overall, this isn't usual. It's definitely a UFO. Undoubtedly flipped out. Now, the next one is a lot more believable. Recorded by the Navy of Puerto Rico, right? It looks like a fucking gnat. Yeah, shitty little mosquito or something. I don't know. But they tried it's to a, communicate a, with it and apparently got nothing back. And if that ain't enough, right? Did oh, he try and knock it, it down the sky? Fly into the ocean, right? That is it going underwater. I'm sorry, mate, but like, that's, it's, it ain't normal. However, why do they only release certain stuff? Like, why is it never the HD footage that the government release? You know, that is, it's dodgy. Trump. This guy's from England. There's another UFO. It looks like a cylinder. I mean, not a cylinder, but right. a... So, here we've uh, got the moon. Like, surely that's just nothing, right? But, I will say, boys and girls, in all of these so far, none of them do actually seem like the classic UFO. UFO, the, you know, the flying saucer. You. So, could it be that these objects are actually getting sent here? from somewhere else to analyze or do some sort of job that we can't actually comprehend. Ooh, we ain't alone. Does he there believe it or not? does he believe it or not? Tests on everything we had to make sure it was not a system malfunction. And it turned out that it wasn't. These were actually real objects. All right. Now this one is arguably one of the most famous UFO reportings and it's by the US Navy. Uh, and these guys coming forward. Oh, the US Navy just comes around. Alright, for them to say what they're saying. 
saying makes it a little bit more you know navy officer and a, and a so, so, sailor approach the target they see a disturbance on the ocean surface it's about the size of a 737 and it looks like something could be just below the surface as the super hornets get closer to the ocean disturbance he suddenly spots another craft above it a much smaller white object with an oblong shape hovering then darting just above the waves the object is that, moving around erratically seemingly that could be on the white water the shape that could be fake i'm a sorry a tic tac I mean, this sounds like a load of bollocks. <laughs> it does, but... As the dogfight unfolds, he quickly turns and dives to bring his jet's nose ahead of the object to close the distance. Okay, a recreation. That's what I thought. They were chasing it straight on. It was going with them. This thing stopped, turned, and just gone. I mean, it, that's the only way to describe what it looked like. Now, it is well easy to just say these lot are just a bunch of crackheads, right? It, it is. But this also happened. <laughs> what happens next has haunted them to this day. U.S. Navy officers quickly arrive and escort the air crew to a secure space on the ship. As the crewmen begin to take off their flight gear, an officer begins the debriefing by telling them this event did not happen. And they are given non-disclosure agreements to sign. They can't say nothing or they get put in They're jail. They're warned to never discuss this event again. Right, now boys and girls, this is interesting because, right, I know some of you are going to be thinking, US government, oh, I wonder the government why they keep doing stuff like that. And, 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 and. But if officials are like going out of their way to get onto this ship and make them sign official documents, uh, that's a pretty big thing, you know, in my, in my eyes. I will say, I think these guys are no longer in the Navy, hence why they're able to come out and talk about talk it. Talk about it. I would have thought as well. If this I thought enough, they could, right, this my wife had a high clearance, but she's not allowed to discuss a lot of the stuff that she saw we as far as weaponry, even to this day. She has a disclosure, even to this day. normally what would happen if that, if a normal aircraft did that, First of all, it would fly apart, it wouldn't be able to withstand the G-forces, and there would be multiple sonic booms. It would be boom, 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 and this did not make any sonic booms. From what I observed, uh, I, I... I don't know what islands uh, they, there are in the South Pacific, you know, right or whatever. between 25 and 30,000 feet down to sea level and below sea level. Below sea level, right? That's what the other one did that, you know, was earlier in this video. Uh, I don't know, mate. Like, the, why I'm fucking... Aliens are real! Aliens are real! Below sea level uh, was confirmed to me by the actual sonar techs that were in combat. And it's on freaking radar. Like, it was logged and tracked on the system. As it gets ready to wrap up the mission, there's a knock on the door. But uh, the skipper basically said, I need the bricks off the flight. 
We, we opened the safe, we put them in the bags. He took them, he took his two anonymous officers and left. Jesus. The link between the Tic Tacs and these men. Government covers up like crazy. I don't know if they're just covering their ass or that these are real UFO men and real UFOs. Fuck, mate. I'm sorry, but these guys definitely British. Aliens are real. They have to be, right? Because these, like, the fact that these people have come from the government and taken away all the HD video files and then guess what mate go on guess they've allowed this one to be released right of the they look, they, object yeah was you've seen that on tv jets, uh, from the nimitz to be released and shock it's filmed on a freaking cheese grater yeah it's a piece of freak but like there's video evidence of it Can't believe it. This thing just moves and moves left to right, up and down. Just, just 11 years later, fighter jets from USS Roosevelt filmed this anomalous object in 2015. It rotates, and the jet is just. Right, 11 years later, in 2015, we have another weird object that's being captured by fighter jets. Now, you know, there's a theme here, right? They all look like this same strange tic-tac, you know, that sort of thing that's not really a, a spaceship. Tic-tac. But what <laughs> is it? And why is it... Why is there a flying saucer? It looks like a tic-tac, is it what it looks like, like or a long, or long cigar. ...coastal region near Santiago, Chile. A pilot tried several times to communicate with the object, but he received no reply. In two instances, the object ejected some type of gas or liquid with high thermal tracking. Captured on video, you can see a massive plume of material trailing behind the object. Roll up, roll up. The pooing UFO is about. Moments later, a second ejection of the unspecified discharge. Now, what's that? Realistically, it's ejecting something, but like, what could that be doing? The flying object was visible for about 10 minutes before disappearing into the clouds without a trace. Unbelievable how fast it was. UFO? Air Force photo analysts confirmed that the three-dimensional object was real. They established that there was no evidence of hoaxing a or plume alteration of, whatever, of the video by you know? any computer application in the editing and processing of the images. Again, we have another one of these sort of weird objects. Obviously, this one comes with some extras, but, uh, yeah, just overall, guys, like, what are you thinking about this? Because none of these I've been able to find, and honestly, I've, I've searched... He's been on the internet, and he hasn't found anything like that looks like a, like or, a fine, know, regular flying saucer. these sort of, like drone type objects that, that defy all the physics and, and laws of gravity that we know is it true that we are being lied to and there is life out there that is known about i, th- I is think there is. i think there is tell us and keep us living in fear of whatever is out there because when we're scared we're more likely to do as we're told all right so i'll leave you on that for but boys and girls if you did enjoy this video please leave a like right Let's move on to another one that explains even more. Unstoppable to me means never giving up. Wherever you find your inspiration, wherever.
This week on BuzzFeed Unsolved, we investigate the Roswell incident, either the biggest UFO cover-up of all time, or just the biggest misunderstanding of all time. Either way, 70 years later, we're still debating about it. This is the holy still, grail. Now these guys are going to tell That's you buzzword. that, all the that time. Roswell uh, was all never happened. Desert, government, aliens, etc. All right, let's get into it. It's been a yarn, Tommy Bahama. The year is 1947 a year that saw an unusually large wave of reported UFO sightings. In the last six months of 1947 alone, there were over 300 claims of UFO sightings. Among these is the infamous Roswell incident. Skeptics that was, and believers that's what alike started it all out. Well, I guess there was something, something in 1898. in the fields <sighs> of Foster Ranch, located just northwest of Roswell, New Mexico. Whether that something is something extraordinary or mundane remains highly debated. You're you're clearly on the on the on the skeptic side here already going in, right? That's a dumbass question. Of course you are. You're fucking shame. All right. Don't try to paint me as a. I'll paint you however I want. Don't what? I'll paint the hell out of you however I want. You paint me in your free time? Yeah. <laughs> They're good. Oh good. Jesus! I see them. Uh, never. Let's go through the official timeline. Roswell timeline for what's going on. 1947 Roswell. Sometime before June 14th, a crash occurred on Foster Ranch. On July 4th, a local rancher named Matt Brazel visits the crash site to pick up some of the debris. On July 7th, Matt Brazel decides to take some of the debris to local sheriff George Wilcox. Wilcox then contacts Colonel Butch Blanchard at the nearby Boy, it goes all the way up the up the, the line to the from the this peon all the way up to the uh, home to the elite 509 yeah, the elite guys group, which deployed atomic bombs at the end of World War II. Colonel Blanchard alerts his superior General Roger W. Ramey and orders Major Jesse Marcel, the 509th intelligence officer, to assess the crash site and recover the materials. So much bureaucracy here. I mean, it's the military. You gotta call one guy. One, one paper reported as a, uh, that guy, that a UFO crash, and then, like I guess, hours later, in the it's newspaper like the next day, yeah, it was just a weather the balloon. Military, it's a ladder structure. Of course it's gonna be that way. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. That's terrible. That's good. I'm actually upset right now. Good. Colonel Blanchard is briefed by Intelligence Officer Marcel on his crash site visit and on the morning of July 8th, consequently orders Public Information Officer Lieutenant Walter Hott to issue a press release stating that they believe they have a, quote, flying saucer, end quote, in their possession. That's what I was talking about. Soon after, the Roswell Daily Records front page ran the headline, Quote, Roswell Army Airfield captures flying saucer, saucer on ranch in Roswell. Roswell. Yep. End quote. Where they reveal no details of, quote, the flying disc. End quote. That same day, it was a light metal. Light metal is so much story. like aluminum on, uh, orders the on airplanes. To be taken uh, to him in Fort Worth, but it had for his own personal inspection. He and his staff when they tried to get it on the periodic table, they never saw any, any anything on the metallic periodic table. A photo was taken in Ramey's office of Intelligence Officer Marcel with the crash materials he misidentified. If you're a higher up and you see this press release and you're like, what the fucker? What is going on? <laughs> I gotta go clean this up now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and I knew that we were, you know, pushing our big weather balloons through that area. Oh, and you're oh, I see what you're saying. I'm like, well, they're not going to believe me unless I bring in Carl or whatever the guy's name. And you make know. him sit next to his mistake. Bring in the weatherman. Bring in the the idiot rancher and kind of rub his nose in it like a yeah, like like he's an idiot. The officer they sent to go assess the crash. They made him sit and pose with all the materials in the office in the picture. You sit here for this photograph. You know that's a weather balloon, you idiot. <laughs> the next day, on July 9th, the Roswell Daily Record runs another, another with the headline. Just a weather balloon. Harassed rancher who located saucer. Sorry he told about it. End quote. In which Brazel reveals that the supposed alien wreckage was merely, quote, rubber strips, tinfoil, a rather tough paper, and sticks, end quote. And with Ramey's weather balloon explanation being corroborated by the case's key witness, the world promptly forgets about the Roswell incident. I didn't forget about it. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty tall, tall order back, back even today. Go there, it's the whole town's nothing but UFO crazy. Then retired intelligence officer from the 509th, who was ordered to go assess the wreckage of the Roswell incident. Marcel would fully reignite the Roswell controversy when he revealed that he still believed the wreckage was definitively not a weather balloon. Here's a quote from Major Marcel in a different interview regarding the metal at the crash site. Quote, It felt like you had nothing in your hands. It wasn't any thicker than the foil out of a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> but the thing about it that got me is that you couldn't even bend it. You couldn't dent it. Even a sledgehammer would bounce off of it. I knew that I had never seen Definitely anything like that. Before, metals don't exist on Earth. To say, quote, it was not anything from this Earth. That I'm quite sure of. Being an intelligence officer, I was familiar with just about all materials used in aircraft and or air travel. This was nothing like that. It could not have been. End quote. But this is funky, funky metal. I mean, they took a sledgehammer to it. I like, I like the sound of this metal. <laughs> yeah, ting so ting. Like, yeah. My hands on this metal. I like that he's giving some tactile descriptions here. It's not bizarre. Just, it's it's definitely bizarre. Right. Yeah, he's talking about Roswell. Talking Roswell crash. Supposedly aliens. They took oh, the Area yeah. Fifty One. After this admission, Friedman interviewed four witnesses, both civilian and military, and in the end concluded that there had been a massive cover-up of the Roswell incident in 1947. A quote, Cosmic Watergate. 1947 was, uh, that allegedly includes details of the crash, Harry site, Truman, the materials, the possible spacecraft, and even alien bodies found at the scene. Yeah, they were dead. With that, let's get into the two main theories. The first theory is that the events at Roswell transpired as reported, and the alien wreck was merely a weather balloon, as stated by the Air Force. When you look at the physical evidence available, this appears to be what happened. Though, in 1994, the U.S. Air Force released a report admitting that there was, in fact, a cover-up. However, it wasn't a cover-up of extraterrestrials, but instead 
a cover-up of a top-secret military operation. The report states that the remains found at Foster Ranch in 1947 were indeed the remains of a weather balloon, but not any regular weather balloon. This balloon was part of a then-top-secret program called Project Mogul. Project Mogul was conceived of by Dr. Maurice Ewing at Columbia University. He theorized that just as underwater microphones detect sound waves produced by explosions thousands of miles away, perhaps an airborne monitoring system could do the same. Thus, as fears of nuclear war proliferated after World War II, and intensified at the start of the Cold War. The top secret airborne weather balloons of Project Mogul were launched to detect any nuclear tests carried out by the Soviets. Boy, that's a big explanation. Yeah, here's the thing. If they they researched, they researched it pretty good. Well, there was a cover up. Right. I hear what I hear on the internet and everything else. It's sort of they're trying to have their cake and eat it too by saying there was a cover-up. Oh, Keith, your commentator for today. Real nice. Uh, produced direct. <laughs> yeah, like you've never seen paranormal things. Real strange metal. Bring you the strange, the occult, oh, the unusual. The Ghosts, yetis. Project Mogul's balloons were tested out at several locations in the U.S. and in the Pacific. Nessie, one of these locations champ, was over New and Mexico. And last but not least, UFOs from Roswell. Project Mogul balloons typically measured over 650 feet long and had a tail on which various listening and sensory equipment was attached, which the military posits could possibly be misidentified as a UFO. If it was 600 feet, it's going to be a huge pile of debris. Heck yeah. Of weird shit there. You're going to be very confused at a glance. I would be. far away, I'd be like, holy shit, look at that field. Litter no. with debris. No, it's no, no. It's and amazing how the government can cover it up by... Finding excuses for different you and, go and making sure they're absolutely no, believable. Lock yourselves in your basements. What I would do is maybe I'd do that running towards it. Then I'd get close and be like, oh, it's just fucking tongue depressors and Elmer's glue. Because that's what it was. <laughs> also wood sticks. You gotta keep it light if you want it to float. That's not alien material, is what I'm getting at. I would obviously get close and be like, oh, this is just human shit. In February of 1994, the they General really of the U.S. Congress initiated an audit at the request of New Mexico Congressman Steve Schiff, a UFO skeptic, to locate all government records relating to the Roswell incident and determine if these records were handled properly. The report was published Probably by not. the U.S. Air Force in 1995, titled, quote, the Roswell Report. Fact they had fiction Project Blue Mexico Book back then too. And That's any the any UFO reported. According to theory that the debris found in 1947 was from a balloon used in Project Vogel, and found no evidence that aliens or alien spacecraft were involved. Why were they mentioned? That Marcel and Blanchard's original flying saucer press release was in part. I think Blanchard had a. And in part piece of metal about 12 inches long and had strange markings on it. Kind of like you see a hieroglyphics. Mm, that's fair. Are you fucking kidding me? The flying saucer at that point didn't necessarily mean space alien. It was just literally like, that looks like the thing I put my tea on, but it's levitating. Right? So he looks at him, you know, one skeptic to uh, say that not another, but a, a believer. I mean, it one's taken one debate, one's taken the other. Lexicon. There were people in ancient Rome saying 
flying saucer. In 1997, the Air Force released another report titled, quote, The Roswell Report, Case Closed, end quote, in which they offered this possible explanation for claims to alien bodies found at the crash site. In the mid-1950s, the military tested the effects of parachute jumping on humans by dropping human-like dummies over New Mexico. The dummies had latex or plastic skin and could be mistaken for alien bodies by witnesses. Oh, what a, what a good excuse. But if these dummy drops were in the mid-1950s, how could this possibly explain the Roswell incident that preceded it by several years? The military has an answer for that too. Air Force Colonel John Haynes explains that during the recounting of events decades later, details, quote, tend to become compressed, end quote, suggesting both he and the Air Force actually believe that witnesses are mixing up events from the mid-1950s with what were perhaps the most horrifying memories of their lives years earlier. Yeah, we've all done it. No, right? No, I mean, mm, sure, no. if I'm trying to remember what I had for breakfast a year ago, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a little foggy on that. But if I'm remembering that time I saw alien bodies uh, thrown from a wreckage, I think, I think I'd remember that one. clear and when it happened. Exactly. Another discrepancy is the fact that the bodies are repeatedly described as, quote, little, end quote, often four feet or less. Yet the dummies used in these drops were six, six foot and more and more. It's unclear how this contradiction is also an effect of time compression. That being said, one interesting tidbit from the report is the fact that upon requesting files from the Roswell Air Force Base from the year of the Roswell incident in 1947, it was found that all records from that time, from January through October 1947, had been destroyed. And even more suspicious, the person or organization that had destroyed these files and the authority under which they had done so were not indicated. Well, this is a reach. It is. There, that's all I want to do. Yeah, this is, this, this one's, like I said, yeah, one's a skeptic, some one's a believer. One's full of baloney, one, one says... certified fresh? Yeah, that's a fresh I'll, cut. I'll take a bite of that. <laughs> that's a fresh cut. And with that... Let's get into Theory the number two. Let's do this. The government engaged in a cover-up to hide knowledge of alien life. Well, actually, before I get into it, I do have one more thing. What's... No, no, no. This is not usually part of the thing. What are you doing? Are you putting on a tinfoil hat? <laughs> before I get into this, I would like to preface this theory with the fact that most of this is based off interviews with those who claimed to have eyewitness testimony. The amount of witnesses you know, I wonder if they got ever put on TV and, and, or in front of Congress and just grilled about this. Some details of these stories vary between sources, so we've chosen to mainly focus on interviews conducted by two respected researchers named Thomas J. Carey and Donald R. Schmidt for their book, quote, Witness to Roswell, unmasking the 60-year cover-up, end quote. And while most skeptics will scoff at that notion, consider this. If there were hundreds of witnesses to a murder, all recounting similar details of the crime, would you doubt they were telling the truth? I don't know. I guess it depends on the circumstances. No. If 
there's hundreds of people. I just don't want you to have any satisfaction. You know I'm making a good point there. If there's hundreds of I'm not going to give it to you. No, you're going to give You already, uh, by you saying I'm not giving the satisfaction, means you internally want to, want to if there's, disagree if there's or agree. If eyewitness proof and no, no actual proof sure, of the murder. Sure, there's five people, but if there's 600 that have high-level military fucking people within that group. No blood, though? No blood, no evidence, no nothing? There's no body, people, no nothing. Why would they all lie? The more riled up you get right now, the worse you come off because of this accessory. Yeah, I realize. It's really, it's I really real, not helping. I realize you. now. He put some kind of helmet on with tin foil. But now I realize I can put a fucking fool. Let's begin by going over suspicious details around the time of the crash, particularly the contradiction between the official record and eyewitness testimony. When Mac Brazel took some of the crash debris to the sheriff, debris that crash Should site witnesses described done as that. otherworldly, Especially if also it was gonna, reportedly admitted was to go to the military and military. According to a local radio to personality, Frank Joyce of the KGFL radio station, Brazel admitted that the crash site was likely a UFO, and more importantly, that there were alien bodies on the scene, according to Judd Roberts, a minority owner of KGFL radio station. Thought one was, was would be burnt beyond later. recognition. The other KGFL one just had a, his leg missing at the crash phone site. Calls from the FCC and U.S. Senator proves them guys are just as um, prone as we are. So whether they yeah, have, I'll, I'll you know, or you got advanced anything. Truth. Yeah, or that. As detailed before, the military would issue an incendiary press release saying they have a flying saucer, only to correct themselves a day later. Like the military, Brazel would also recant any statements made about UFOs at this time. According to researchers Carrie and Schmidt, shortly after Brazel's new statements, neighbors said Brazel purchased a brand new pickup truck and left his job as a rancher to start a business in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Mexico. Also suspicious in Carrie and Schmidt's findings were testimonies from locals and Brazel's family that revealed Brazel was detained by the military around this time, further suggesting that he could have been forced to recant his statements about UFOs. The military also reportedly threatened locals to keep quiet as well as ransack their homes for remaining crash site materials. This is corroborated by the testimony of the foster daughter of Colonel Hunter G. Penn, an Army Air Force officer who supposedly admitted to his foster daughter that he was tasked with enforcing a quote, amazing. information blackout. Every, everybody's got you know, an opinion or everybody has an eyewitness report on what actually happened. It crashed and Brazel found it. Try to bring it to light with the United States Air Force, the local sheriff. That's Blanchard deal. According to Lieutenant Colonel Joe Briley, who was a staff member of Colonel Blanchard's, they reported Lee was actually a cover-up to allow Blanchard to coordinate a cleanup operation of the crash site. I mean, if he fucked up and was like, yeah, it's UFOs, they were like, no, it's not UFOs, you stupid piece of shit. We'll, we'll fix your mess. Why don't leave. you take a little time off? Why don't you leave? Get your shit together, get your life together. Yeah, why don't you leave so people can look at that later and be like, why did he leave after he makes this weird announcement? I don't think they care, again. I don't want I mean, care. they should care if they're people who concentrate on details. That's what I'm saying. 
Perhaps the key contradiction is the photo taken in General Ramey's office of the supposed crash site materials. A sealed statement, apparently written by Roswell Army Airfield's public information officer, Walter G. Hunt, which was only to be opened after his death, claimed the photo taken in Ramey's office was a hoax. Hot wrote that the actual because yeah, it does look like tin foil sticks and then photographed with Marcel, a fact that upset Marcel, just to hammer home the possibility of a cover-up. A man named Ben Games was a personal pilot to then Major General Lawrence C. Craig. Wow, what a government cover-up, huh? The Air Force Base commonly thought to be where the UFO and aliens were transported and housed. According to Games' testimony, he flew Major General Craigie to Roswell to examine the crash wreckage, and after a few hours, flew General Craigie directly to D.C. to meet with President Truman. A few months later, Craigie assumed the position of Air Force Chief Director of R&D, and perhaps, influenced by what he saw at Roswell, founded Project Sign, the first official investigation I wonder when, of UFOs. I think 1967 is when Blue Book came in. Because there were so many, you know, from 1947 to 1967 at the time. So you're saying they sent someone out in the ocean and be like, oh man, I didn't find Godzilla out here. We should start a program about finding out about Godzilla. I mean, clearly he's got a good eye for detecting what's not bullshit. Now that we've established the cover-up in timeline, Let's quickly go over some of the controversial and fascinating details of this theory, starting with the reported alien bodies at the scene. These supposed witnesses are consistent in their descriptions of the bodies as short in stature, maybe three and a half to four feet, with large heads, large eyes, only holes for a nose, and a small slit for the mouth. Numerous military officials have claimed to hear secondhand information of the body. Why would they say that if, the if it weren't true? Themselves. To name a few, there's First Lieutenant and Public Information Officer at the Roswell Base. They must have base, consulted Walter a G. Disney Hunt, or something, you know, Disney uh, artist. E. Exxon, and I don't and think Sergeant so. Herschel Grice, moving on to the spacecraft. According to Sergeant William C. Ennis, he was at the time a flight engineer of the 393rd Bomb Squadron stationed in one of the primary receiving hangars for the debris, called Hangar P-3. For years, Sergeant Ennis denied the crash, writing it off as a weather balloon like the rest of the military. However, in 2008, Sergeant Ennis changed his tune, admitting, quote, it was a spaceship. After all these years, I still don't know how that ship flew. There was no engine. Before I go, I'd like to know, end quote. Before I go, I gotta know how that ship flew. <laughs> was he on his deathbed no, when he no, said that? Oh. I'd like to imagine him, like, talking to his grandson. Yeah. The ship had no wings. These guys, these guys can argue back and forth to the blue in the face. I think, I don't think it was a cover-up. There's too much military. Too much military. Described in his affidavit, why would they do that? Colonel Blanchard had shown to him that was roughly 12 to 15 feet long and windowless. To close why would they cover out, up? Why would they cover up? The you know, all these people for the just a weather site, balloon? Come which on! Many claimed included a mysterious material that was described as quote memory myth. 
Summed up yeah, for more than yeah, two you crumble up and it goes right back, right back to its original form. The metal was said to be weightless, smooth, thin, and could not be cut, scratched, or burned. Though the metal was able to be temporarily manipulated. Here's a quote from Roswell Army Airfield Sergeant Earl Fulford. Quote, I picked it up, but once in the palm of your hand, you could wad it up into a small ball. Then, when you let it go, it would immediately assume its original shape in a second or two, just like that. End quote. This free-flowing uh, that's why, of the metal... That's why it's so strong and so thin. Why, when it crashed, why did it blow apart? Quote, Must have been a helmet explosion when it hit the, hit the desert floor. There were uh, other parts of it floor. that were very thin, but awfully strong and couldn't be dented with heavy hammers, end quote. Exxon also explained that these observations were from his time as a lieutenant colonel when he was also an administration student in technology at Wright Field's Foreign Technology Division, a division whose purpose was to reverse engineer foreign tech. Additionally, a memo surfaced in the early 1980s detailing a September 15, 1950 conversation between physicist Robert I. Sarbacher, a consultant with the U.S. Department of Defense Research and Development Board, and other government scientists. In the memo, Sarbacher is said to have worked on a failed reverse engineering project, allegedly stating, quote, All we know is we didn't make them, and it's pretty certain they didn't originate on the Earth, end quote. That's good. I love it. I'm just, I think right now I'm just, just punching the skeptics in the face. Yeah, I'm just letting you guys listen to this. I'm listening to One it too. Point in favor of a I only know what I know. Let's assume that I describe the military is telling the truth and that the crash was indeed a fancy Project Mobile weather balloon. That still does not change the fact that the remains found at the crash site were apparently, quote, rubber strips, tinfoil, a rather tough paper, and sticks, end quote as stated by Brazel in the days after the story broke. The I wonder where it ever happened to that piece. Brazel's description was inaccurate. I think his brother, not his brother, but his son had it. In the photo in Ramey's office. So let's assume these were in fact the items found at the crash site and forget about the allure of the seemingly high-tech Project Mobile Balloon. With that in mind, Let's return to Major Jesse Marcel, the intelligence officer tasked with evaluating the... These guys are probably all long since dead now. Because I think they interviewed his son. His son had to produce, you know, what his father found. And like I said, I think it was a one-foot piece of metal that nobody knew about. They probably do now because he showed it. Rubber strips and tinfoil were parts of an alien spaceship. Perhaps the answer lies in a quote from Marcel himself. Quote, All I could do is keep my mouth shut. And General Ramey was the one who told the newsman what it was, and to forget about it. It was nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, we both knew differently. End quote. First <laughs> off, I'd like to toot my own horn a little bit here. And I'm going to take this hat off now. I did say that this would be the most compelling case I've ever made and that you, for once, may believe what I'm saying is true. Is that not correct? You did say that. You did, you did put up a good fight as far as with the evidence and everything? It is the most compelling case you've ever made, but also you're at an advantage here because I already believe in extraterrestrials and would not rule out that they have been to Earth. If, if that's your total satisfaction, if that's what, then great. You've done it, Ryan. 
you convinced me on a on a case that I was already you know pretty, convinced about. Pretty lenient on. Yeah. <laughs> well, even though that's uh, dripping with that's sarcasm, good. it's definitely not genuine. I'll take it. Score one for Lugaras. Case closed. Leave my house. Town dunce. Town dunce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Town dunce. Because dunce. I now believe the things that you believe. Oh shit! Alright, <laughs> so. so I guess they no both believe that there was a cover up in the UFO. There was a UFO. In fact, two archaeological digs took place on Foster Ranch in search of physical evidence and found nothing. Only proof that there was indeed a crash. It's easy to see both sides. Skeptics wonder how it's possible that the military could have been so absolute in their cleanup and subsequent cover-up. Believers wonder how it's possible that there could be such consistent testimony among hundreds of witnesses down to small details of something that apparently never happened. One thing is for sure, what truly transpired near the sleepy town of Roswell, New Mexico will keep people debating. But for now, the answer will remain unsolved. That's it. Fort Pitt. Thank you for joining my show, Paranormal Things. I'm your host, Keith Frischkorn, uh, signing out. Till we meet again, sleep tight. <laughs>